1: Hello? This intro is going to be way too long. I wanted to cut to the hook because it's thematic. Uh, Right? You dig? You know what I'm talking about.
2: <laughs> Hello and welcome to UFC on AfterBuzz TV. My name is Daria Baronato, and I'm here with my one and only co-host tonight, Mr. j Tan. It's
1: just the two you guys, of us.
2: It's just the two of us. <laughs> I can think of a lot of songs appropriate for that, but this one fits just nice.
1: You know, yeah, just perfect.
2: Uh, guys, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, you can hashtag us at ABTVUFC. You can find us on iTunes at UFC AfterBuzz. You can find us on YouTube at our YouTube channel, UFC AfterBuzz. And you can find us live right now on AfterBuzzTV.com, which you guys must already know since you're watching. Um, Should have oh,
1: told everybody else on Twitter. Oops. Oops. Sorry, guys. I, I
2: already did. I, I posted a little post. Go ahead, girl. I got us out there. You I'm did. on top of it. <laughs> now, usually we only talk about the brutality of crime in the cage. Okay, guys. I know we usually talk about fighting the cage. You know, we fight crime in the cage every day. But we're going to talk about fighting crime on the television with a brand new show airing on ABC, um, American Crime. What if your son was murdered? What if your daughter was arrested? Your child framed? Where does the truth lie? One crime will affect so many lives in the television event of the year. We're talking about ABC's groundbreaking new TV series, American Crime, which premieres Thursday, March 5th at 10-9, of course, on ABC. After you've watched, be sure to join the film critic and radio personality Elvis Mitchell, host of the American Crime Podcast, as he takes an in-depth look at the ABC show. So each week, guys, the podcast is going to feature a candid conversation with creator and executive producer John Ridley. He's also the Oscar-winning screenwriter of 12 Years a Slave. Along with the show talent, discussing the latest episodes, character storylines, and other timely topics, go to podcastone.com backslash American Crime to subscribe now. While you're on podcastone.com, don't forget check out the other Afterbus shows too. Have you guys seen the previews for the show?
1: I haven't seen the previews, but knowing the cast, uh, you got me at Felicity Huffman. Yeah,
2: yeah. Um, we yeah. got you there. We know yeah. you are a favorite. Of She's
1: that's uh, that's my girl. Going back to Sports Night, and actually, frankly, had me quite a strong uh, Desperate Housewives fan because of her. Really? No joke.
2: There you go. J-Tan Sat through Desperate at least Housewives. five
1: seasons of that. Yep.
2: I think that's about all it had, but um, it was one of my favorite shows as well. And Felicity Hoffman is brilliant, mm-hmm. so I'm super excited to see her doing something new and fun.
1: You know, on top of that too, Elvis Mitchell is is the man, uh, a really famous film critic and mm-hmm. uh, you know very well respected. So if if he's given an hour of his time to discussing this whole thing, um, then you've got John
2: you, Ridley is the man.
1: Yeah, Twelve Years
2: of a Slave was genius. I love that movie. That was an intense film. It, very intense. I wonder if the show is going to be as intense. I guess we will see. Yeah. We will tune in March 5th. <laughs> <laughs> now let's talk about blood and guts and glory that happened tonight. in Legalized lovely-
1: violence in the cage. Yeah,
2: yes, of course. That's the main difference is that what we talk about is legal, mm-hmm. which makes it even more fun. Um, but it happened tonight in uh, Porto Alegre, Brazil. Um, we watched it live. It just ended about an hour ago. We caught a little bit of the post-fight press conference, but there's a lot of news we have to talk to you guys about. Um, that oh, happened in there? oh yeah. my gosh in the in the past weeks with mostly regarding uh, drug test failures, mm-hmm. diuretics, steroids, uh, weed.
1: A lot of changes. Uh, hopefully, yeah, a lot, lot of developments. Obviously, guys, since uh, since we last saw you, there's been a couple of shows since. The big headlines about Anderson Silva and Nick Diaz right. and a couple other people testing positive um, in the heels of UFC 183, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, let's we'll get to that. There's a lot for us to cover because there's been development since that time, and we didn't really touch on it much yes. last time. But that said, let's uh, talk about one of these rare Sunday shows coming from Brazil. Well, let's talk uh, about it. Bigfoot versus uh, uh, Antonio Meir. Bigfoot Silva versus mm-hmm. Frank Mir. Yeah. Um, I think uh, this is – I have mixed feelings about these shows because, you know, it's it's fun to come and hang out here and, and watch it live and then we just jump right into it. Right. But I feel like we're flying a little bit without a net. I like to marinate on the matches for overnight. You know what, Jay? You
2: know? Contrary to you, I like to fly without a net. So let's do it. Yeah, you do. I do. I do. I um, Okay. So we had a very exciting card. Lots of knockouts. Lots of mm-hmm. submission victories. Um, we had a nice bantamweight female match on here. Um I'll start you off at the bottom. Let's see if the Brazilians delivered. We had Ivan George versus Josh Shockley. Ivan George wins via unanimous decision.
1: make a note of this here. Let's tally because I remember what we were at before.
2: As far as what? Well. Go ahead.
1: Uh Br- Brazil versus the rest of the oh, world. Oh,
2: right. Okay. So this one, in this case, the Brazilian did mm-hmm. win. Um, then we had Douglas de Silva Silva de Andretti versus Cody the Renegade Gibson. Douglas won via unanimous decision. Two for Brazil. Two for Brazil. Uh, for the 145ers, we had Tiago Trader versus Mike El Cucai de la Torre. Mike won via TKO in round one. That was an exciting fight. Um, next, for the 170 pound division, we had William Pataloni Marc- Macario versus Matt Dwyer. Uh, Matt Dwyer wins via KO in round one. Uh, then we had Jessica Andretti versus Marion. Renault. Renault. Marion Renault wins via triangle in round one.
1: Well, oh, two to three for the oh. non-Brazilians.
2: No, we don't want unhappy Brazilian fans. They <laughs> no. are the rowdiest of fans. Iori Alcantra versus Frankie, Frankie Science. Sains. Science wins via unanimous decision. Ruston. Frankie
1: was uh, yeah not non-Brazilian, but it was also uh, Santiago Ponzanibio and uh, mm-hmm. Sean Strickland. Right. Which Santiago Ponzanibio came uh, came away with the unanimous decision 30-27 across the board.
2: Yes, they did.
1: 3 to 4.
2: Rustum Kabylov versus Andriano Martins. Martins wins via split decision.
1: And that's one for Brazil. That is one for Brazil. I uh, didn't I didn't see it that way.
2: No, we will get we to were that. Splitting on that. Yeah, we were yeah. kind of half and half. Uh, mm-hmm. Cesar Mutanch versus Smile and Sam Alvey. Wow, and did Sam. he give us a smile at the end? Sam Alvey <laughs> wins via KO in the first round.
1: Yep.
2: Uh, Edson Barbosa versus Michael Johnson. Johnson wins via unanimous decision. And finally, Frank Mir wins via TKO over Bigfoot Silva in round one. Okay, if there's one thing to say about this night of fights, yeah. It is go underdogs. Right. I think there was like five upsets of the night.
1: Yeah, that seemed to be something they were touching on uh, towards the end. I didn't know the – and and don't typically keep track of the the betting – right going into a match it's, the, it's hard enough to like keep everybody straight and have your research you know in your head <laughs> i'm not going to make any money off these guys so i'm not going to bother with that part but uh, there was
2: a few that were so drastic that you could just see by you know mm-hmm. using your own analysis like yeah bigfoot versus frank Mir, for example um just by the rankings alone bigfoot's ranked number eight frank Mir number 13 so that was a little bit of an upset
1: do we know it was frank not a favorite in that one
2: um i don't think so and i think bigfoot okay. was the favorite
1: I know I picked him, but I felt you, like this you picked week Muir? Yeah, listening to a lot of people um talk about the card in the days preceding it, I felt like a lot of people were picking Mir and uh I eat crow really? on that one. hmm Yeah.
2: I felt like a lot of the, like uh the announce, like Brian Stan and them before Michael Bisping, Bing before the, mm-hmm. right before the fight, I think they had Bigfoot. Really? Yeah, but maybe earlier in the week like uh some of the other guys had hmm. Frank Mir. I don't know. I mean Frank Mir is a guy that's been around forever. Mm-hmm. You know, he's been in the UFC forever. And Man, I mean, um, he's be- made his way to the title quite a few times. And
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Mir is a guy that has, you know, he's come off of, uh, or leading into this, he was coming off of mm-hmm. four losses in a row. And a lot of people were talking about his time, certainly his heyday in the sport being done and, right. you know, should he have hung it up. Um, and clearly, after this performance, he's still got a little bit left in him.
2: Clearly, the answer is no. Yes. Yeah. He said that he... Took some time off to mm-hmm. revamp his boxing. Mm-hmm. He said he, I think he was saying he was South Paul, then Orthodox, then back to South Paul, mm-hmm. then back, back to Orthodox, um, and that he started working really hard on his boxing and kind of starting from ground zero with his boxing and really creating, you know, a nice technical style. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting to hear. Um, and he definitely, it definitely worked. He definitely looked good.
1: I think he's one of those guys. Moment that we saw him. If he if he'd started a little bit later if we had the the peak of frank Mir, his mm. um, now as opposed to when when it happened right. um we might see i mean he he would be up there certainly uh with giving a run for his money with kane um, brock i i wouldn't be surprised if we see uh, another go around for those two guys coming in the year there's a lot of talk about what brock awesome. possibly coming back to the ufc and frank you mm-hmm. know inviting him back um, frank is a guy that comes from a very strong uh, jiu-jitsu background for those of you that uh, you know kind of aren't aren't as familiar uh, with him uh, with his name Uh strong jujitsu guy who as Darius said has been around for a very long time in the ufc former champion uh, champion and i believe two-time champion if you include the interim title the interim if i remember title, correctly yeah, yeah. Um, there was a time shortly after he won his uh, his first ufc title and we're talking back in – geez, I want to say oh six or oh seven, maybe even 05. I could – 05 or oh six, I believe. Um, he was in a bad motorcycle accident unfortunately mm-hmm. after that and was sidelined for quite a while. And then um, that kind of gave way to the title being um, – kind of being set between Andre Arlovsky and Tim Sylvia. Um, and Frank came back into the mix Shortly jeez i wish i had my uh, stats or an ipad in front of me um i'd say he kind of came back and made his return around 8 or 9 2008 mm-hmm. or 9 and injected himself pretty sternly into the mix there was a four man tournament heavyweight tournament uh between if i remember correctly Randy Couture Brock uh Antonio Rogério Nogueira Big Nog right. and Frank um and from there frank uh won the interim belt and uh um i'm trying to remember who he defended against i wish, I, I feel i feel naked up here quite honestly guys so uh, i'm going off of memory here i remember
2: but. when they released him for a minute so that he mm-hmm. could fight daniel Cormier for the strike force title and then he came back but i can't regard the years but we will get back to the main event later cuz we have so yeah. much to talk about with the undercard yeah um let's start from where do you want to start with uh
1: you know what? Well, let's talk. I
2: mean, uh, so
1: we were doing the numbers here. Brazil came up a little bit short. And it, it, what was the final count? Generalizations we're talking about. Uh, Non-Brazil, seven. Uh, Brazil, four. I'm sorry, six. Six to four. Brazil versus the world. Oh. Um, fight of the night, you were saying, went to – there was no fight of the night. The performance bonuses went to um, – Frank
2: Mir, Sam Smiley, Alvi, mm-hmm. uh Marion Renault, and, and Matt, Matt Dwyer. Dwyer. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, those were fantastic performances. I definitely would agree with those. Um, I would have given, I, I think, that Fight of the Night, uh, Santiago, Ponzinibbio, and Sean Strickland um, deserved uh, deserved Fight of the Night as well. I think it was super competitive. If
2: there was a Fight, in a, a fight of the Night bonus given, mm-hmm. it had to have gone to them because yeah. that was a seriously intense match that didn't give up.
1: Yeah. Um, Ponzanibio I gave, uh, let's see, the first round... Uh, well, not first and the second, the third, I think uh, probably could have gone either way. Uh, Ponzanbio was was really pressuring uh, Sean Strickland early. I believe he kept him, mm-hmm. uh, took control of the inside of the cage for the most part, the center area. Strickland was circling around a lot. Um, he did drop Ponzanibio with a, with a right early in the first, and he had a nice. Uh, and then Ponzanbio had a nice uh, head kick and big flurry. There was just a lot of action with these two guys. They didn't let up at all. You know, this yeah. was a match that. Delivered in a big way. Um, the second round, um, Strickland was more effective from the outside, you know. but Ponsonibio still stayed on him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Strickland had a, a brief takedown around the three-minute mark.
2: It's um, so funny. It was so funny. So Strickland, Sean Strickland is very tall. I wish mm-hmm. I had his height on hand, but he's very, very tall and a very long reach advantage, which usually means he's the guy, you know, usually defending the takedowns. He mm-hmm. was the one initiating the takedowns. I was watching yeah. him shoot, and it was like he was shooting from the sky. But his takedowns were beautiful. Yeah, uh, his, his attempts, at least. And I think well,
1: Ponzinibbio was throwing mad flurries. I mean, he was coming at he him. He was, and yeah, just I think kind of to um, to avoid. To avoid getting hit with that, you know, you, right. you go down and try and take the game to where the other guy clearly doesn't want to go.
2: Definitely, I think the the story of this fight partially was that um, Strickland had such a good chin because mm-hmm. he really took some big hit. and yeah. and Ponzanibio as well. These yep. both of these guys, it's their third UFC fight. Um, so Sean Strickland prior to this fight was undefeated 15-0, and 0, mm-hmm. which is quite an impressive record, especially having fought in the UFC twice already. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was definitely a highly anticipated fight in you know, the welterweight division, and it definitely performed as so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, how many more welterweights are we going to see out of American Top Team?
1: You tell me you're the one with the inside lead on that one. I
2: I think one of the (laughs) announcers said it when they were, when Ponzanibio walked out and I was thinking the exact same thing. Oh my gosh. It's Mm. like welterweight influx over there. And it's funny because when, when I trained over there, it was all bigger guys. It was Mm -hmm. welterweight, like heavyweights, some heavyweights. You know, you have Bigfoot Silva over there. Yeah. Um, and I was like, oh, that's so funny, you know, whatever. Didn't think anything of it until I moved Mm -hmm. here, which my gym here is the opposite. It's all smaller Mm -hmm. guys, the 130, 145. Um, but yeah, Ponzinibbio adds right to that list. I think he's one of those guys that's going to be really dangerous in the welterweight division.
1: Mm-hmm. You've also got here. Let's run that on the list. There's Hector Lombard. There is Robbie Lawler, the champ. Tyrone Woodley. T Wood. Yep. Uh, that's just three off the three big stars. That's off three
2: top, of- top ten ranked. Yeah. Uh, welter that's also, not
1: including all the guys that are going to ATT. Going, oh, that's where the welterweights are. That's exactly. where the guys that are way above me. So I won't what be competing is, against them. What but, is
2: Gleason T. Bow? But they a... can
1: 55. Oh, 55. but they can make me better. So therefore, you know, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. Let me go where the where the cream of the crop is.
2: Why not? And then one day you get the phone call like Hector did. Well, you know, we fight, Timer Woodley, and then you either say <laughs> yes or no, and and that's the wrap.
1: Yeah, wonder if all those guys are going to get that.
2: I don't know. That was, I mean, we've Although, talked about this before.
1: Um, I had read that the next – maybe it's the next season of Ultimate Fighter, not this one that's shooting now.
2: America's Top Team versus
1: – Versus Black Zillions, Black correct?
2: Zillions, I think so, yeah. Yeah. Which there's a lot of bad blood there. It goes I haven't back gotten, in ancient history. Yeah,
1: I haven't gotten any further confirmation about that. But I, I had read that and now uh, we have – formerly Anderson, so oh, we have Big Nog versus – Team Big Nog versus Team uh, Shogun Hua, right? Shooting in uh, in Las Vegas right now,
2: which I'm really excited to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm I would also be super excited if they did Black Zillion versus American Top Team, because then when you do team versus team, especially mm-hmm. when they're located not only in the same state, but I mean Florida is a huge state, but they're located in the same 20 mile radius. Yeah, you have Black Zillion in Boca Raton, and you have Coconut Creek for American Top Teams. These guys yeah. all know each other most of them have you know tra- cross trained or worked with each other in the past mm-hmm. there's some serious drama there so i think that would be a great one for for dana White to make
1: the question though hopefully we're not getting off uh, topic we still question? got plenty of time i wonder how do you set something like that up because some a team versus team thing it's right. been tried before in in mma uh, the ifl was uh, was one attempt or mm-hmm. there was also um was it uh, bellator's short lived reality show fightmaster had four different coaches uh, and guys got to work with them and they built their right. team together. How do you do that with this? Because you essentially have to – now, you can scrap having, what, 16 different people on uh, the typical tough uh, yeah, tough house? Six, let's 16, say 16. Yeah. You can scrap that model, but you've still ideally got to have somebody from that gym fighting somebody from that gym. So you've got to pair up. You've got to make sure that you've got enough guys to pair up okay. and that it's an even match.
2: L- I can't speak for Black Zillion. I can right. speak for American Top Team. Mm-hmm. They have plenty. Okay, but I mean, are they
1: UFC caliber people? That's the other thing. The caliber. UFC,
2: caliber. Really? Because, I mean, okay, so you have the, the amateur team there and then you have the pro team. Well, the
1: amateur the, team's not going to get signed to the UFC.
2: Well, they might get a shot in the Ultimate Fighter, though, if they're, if they're an Ami going pro or something like that. Okay. Maybe. But all right, let's let's deal with just the pros. Yeah. Okay. The pro team there is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, they also have like ninety locations throughout the U.S. American Top Team. So American Top Team. What? Yes. Ninety locations. Okay, no, maybe they that's don't. An, maybe that's an exaggeration. But I know there's at least ten in Florida. Okay. And they all right. they expand to the Midwest. They, I don't okay. think they quite come over to the West Coast yet. Right. But I'm positive they're on the East Coast and in the Midwest. Right. And These are obviously
1: franchised out. Yeah, there. they're
2: franchised out, but. You know, usually you have one or two big names at each mm-hmm. location. Like, um, you know, the entire time I trained at Coconut Creek, I I didn't see half the guys that I know now are American Top Team. Mm. I'm like, oh, Tyron Woodley's American Top Team. He came after I left. Right. But my point being is that a lot of them train at the different locations. There's okay. Miami one, Fort right. Lauderdale, whatever.
1: And he would certainly paint, any reality show producer would paint that saying, well, he's over at this this location, therefore he still counts as he ATT. He still counts
2: as ATT, absolutely. Right. And okay. So what I'm saying in that broad spectrum of all the ATT locations, there's right. plenty of pro fighters, right? Yeah.
1: Hmm. Th- so I
2: think it could be doable.
1: Thirteen weeks? I'd be surprised if you can get that many. It's six uh, weeks, right? Well No, thirteen. Thirteen week uh, arc the okay. season.
2: Oh, right, right, right. So
1: you're talking about, but you're talking about needing that many. What's it? Eight and eight, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Oof. And then what if guys end up having to fight each other, teammate and teammate, at that place? I mean, it's one thing when you're doing it on the show, but because you're not not really teammates or friends right. outside now. But if you're talking about ATT beating you know versus ATT or Black Zillion versus Black Zillion, I mean you could probably get eight guys from each of those gyms. Yeah, I, I don't think. That. Yeah,
2: I think they would probably get eight guys from each gym and then have them fight each other only. Mm-hmm. That would be the whole. Okay.
1: Thing. Yeah, but there's still elimination termina- tournament. Excuse yeah,
2: me. I don't know how they would do that. Maybe You're right. Maybe it does need a little bit of a reformat to make this yeah. work. But I'm excited to see what they do with it because I think it's a great idea.
1: And I think it's really a, a strong way to for the UFC to take the show, mm-hmm. to make it fresh again, to get another angle. And frankly, it's going to give more depth into the life of a fighter, Right. I I would dare say. And obviously, well, not knowing how it's going to be executed. That but... was
2: always my interest in, in, the, in the Ultimate Fighter show. I referred back to like the earlier seasons. Mm-hmm. Um and I like them better, just mm-hmm. because we got more of the fighter themselves. You yeah. know, we got more of the drama, the grit. Yeah. Oh, this fighter hates this fighter for this reason. This this fighter for poured a beer on this fighter's head. You know, it gives yeah. it a little reality show drama where you still have your fighting. But mm-hmm. either way, I hope they do something fun with it, and I I'd, I'd love to see it either way.
1: Yeah, team let's versus hope, team. Let's hope it happens.
2: Next we have Ori Alacantra versus Frankie Say.
1: Yuri, Sainz. yeah. Frankie Sands, I I heard them saying say,
2: I heard him saying science, science. Yeah. yeah, like almost like science, but science. Anyway, science wins via unanimous decision. Um, he came out with this nonstop movement, mm-hmm. and I it kind of scared me. I'm not going to lie, because I, I feel like when you when you see that, and then you see the other guy really still, I just mm-hmm. it just had like knockout tension in the air, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh god, this is going to end fast. But it actually it went all three rounds, and science. This was uh, a guy that was largely voted the underdog mm-hmm. in this situation. Alicantra, um, obviously a bigger name here. Um, he switched to Greg Jackson camp for this fight. Mm-hmm. So even more so uh, a talked about name. And he you know, ended up losing. Um, we looked at each other. Was this the one that we said maybe there was an injury? Or no, that was Edison Barbo. So we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, great top game, great ground game by science. That definitely is what won him the fight. Mm-hmm. Um that was pretty much the story of that.
1: yeah signs in my opinion, I gave him all three rounds. Um, I see you know in notes wise there was a lot of clinch work that he did um, got it on the second got a takedown off of uh, Yuri's a uh, kick and kind of slipped into uh, Yuri slipped and, and signs fell into his guard mm-hmm. I believe or on top top position. Um, good ground and pound. In that uh, second half of the uh, of the second round. Pretty academic there. Pretty straightforward.
2: It was. It was kind of like uh, a, a very basic match. There, He was playing the guard. He got half guard. Mm-hmm. A little bit of movement on the ground. I could have seen if the ref were to stand it up at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, it was getting kind of dry. And then he took him down again and the same thing happened uh, again. So mm. good job by Yuri and, I mean, by science. But I don't think we've seen the last from Alacantara. No, of course not. No. Uh, next, we have Rustem Kabilov Habilov, versus yep. Adriano Martins. This was definitely an upset.
1: Yeah. This was the split that we didn't agree. Um, match The scores across the board were 29-28. Obviously, two for Martins, one for Kabilov. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave Kabilov the second and the third round. Martins had the uh, had the first. Um, long feeling out period here. This is one where... Um, these guys were very very careful with um, again calculating with with their um, very with, with their strikes, yes
2: Kavilov's known to be a pretty aggressive guy though a pretty aggressive fighter, so it kind of surprised me. um he does start off slow sometimes, but I think um uh, Martinez really had respect for the power of Kavilov, and maybe that's where. You know, kind of the the hesitation came from,
1: mm. but
2: it lingered. I mean, we mm-hmm. looked at each other and we were like, "Oh my gosh, you know, when is it going to pick up?" Yeah, um
1: Martins had a nice takedown and and almost got the rear naked choke in the first. habalov escaped, and it was a uh, little exchanges towards the end of the match. Uh, mm-hmm. That was enough for me to give it give it to martins um but the next next round was was all stand up right and here. and I saw mostly uh, mostly habalov Martins. He had two takedown defenses uh, – defense, excuse me, takedown attempts. Mm -hmm.
2: Um, Which Kabilov, to give credit to, mm -hmm. uh, defended very well.
1: Right. And Martins, he knocked down Kabilov towards the end of the second. But still, that match was mostly all Kabilov controlling.
2: I think that was the round that was uh, possibly debatable. But Mm. just because of that, it was a really hard left hook at the end. And it knocked Kabilov off of his feet. So I think – we've talked about this in the past where there's one pivotal moment in a round that right. kind of wins the fighter that entire round.
1: Yeah. Um, it wasn't enough for me right? because he got up pretty fast.
2: Right. It was almost one of those things where it was like, did he get knocked down just because of footing, you know, the way that his feet were planted or did he get knocked down because of, you know, it was a knockdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I don't really know. It was hard to tell cause he got up so fast.
1: Yeah. Uh, but have a you know, in the second or sorry, the third round, um, had Martins on the ground. Um, Havilov did a a long uh long takedown shot against Martin and mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he uh, actually got it briefly or or didn't get it. A couple of right hands rocked Martin's toward the end. You know, it uh I suppose it could have gone either way, but um but I definitely saw it for uh for Havilov.
2: Yeah. Um I don't know. That was a hard <laughs> one. We I, at first I said, "What the hell? That was obviously Havilov." And then Looking back at my notes now, I'm like, okay, I could see how it could go either way. I would, it's one of those ones I want to go back and watch again. Mm-hmm. To be fair, yeah. Um, but yeah, either way, it was definitely not the most exciting fight of the night.
1: Yeah. Well, what's you know what's nice is that this uh, this show, guys. I will say, I, I kind of like to talk about you know broad generalizations mm-hmm. about the show itself. I feel like each one, um, if, if we look close enough, each one has its own identity, and this one, I think, is it certainly has the identity that is worth for you guys to go, go out of your way this week. You know, DVR it if you can. They will replay it on Fox Sports One, mm-hmm. uh, several times this week, if not over the next two weeks. Um, a lot of good first round finishes throughout. You, obviously, we got some, uh, some matches that went all the way, but decent first round finishes and a lot of action and, and some good exchanges that i I'd, I'd say makes this one worth going out of your way to watch. Yeah. This and,
2: one, in my opinion, has so much MMA content in the sense of like, for example, when we get to Edson Barbosa versus Michael Johnson, mm-hmm. probably one of the most technically sound fights I've seen mm-hmm. this year. The, mm-hmm. Definitely this year. Yeah. Um, between Michael Johnson's boxing and Edson Barbosa's Taekwondo slash kickboxing. I mean, it was a match that any MMA fan could really enjoy and anyone that's not an MMA fan could enjoy just mm-hmm. because of the, the pure beauty of the martial arts. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely a card to watch.
1: This one I, I marked on my list as uh, one of the top Obviously, we're only a couple months into, barely two months. In, but there's so into, much UFC already. Yeah, yeah. What I was going to say, this is one of the top uh, top shows of 2015 so far. Um, I don't know if it'll necessarily stand the test of time as we go through the next right. ten months or so. But as, as far as fight nights goes, you know, we're we're off to a good start here.
2: We need like a book, and we need to make lists of best fights, best fighters as we go along, so we can like look back at it and have an accurate, you know analysis of like, okay, well, at the beginning of the year, I thought that Donald Cerrone was doing really mm-hmm. good, but at the beginning of the year, you know, and see how things change. That's
1: exactly what I'm doing, and that's what oh, I'm talking you're about. You're so smart. I'm that nerd.
2: <clears throat> <laughs> <laughs> okay, so next we have Caesar Mutanch versus Smile and Sam Alvey.
1: Smile and Sam. Talk Gotta about this guy.
2: Oh, my God. Talk about a fight that starts off slow and then out of nowhere. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay, wait. The fight didn't start off slow. That's not fair. Smiley started off slow. Mutanch <laughs> was attacking... Throwing kicks, throwing uh, punches, you know, going after Mm -hmm. Smiley. And I think for the... What did we say? The first three minutes? The first four minutes? First Uh, three, I think? Let me
1: see here. Yeah, I mean, at least the first half.
2: At least the first half of the first round.
1: The match went 334 and 230 of that. Smiley and Sam really did not throw at
2: all. Not not, one punch.
1: Yeah. Not one punch. Sam's a guy that, you know, it's funny because he's been around the mma scene for a long time he trains with dan henderson and the boys down at team, team Quest. class right? um he he had a pretty good career prior to this in canada of all places really? um yeah and you know made his name um up in canada on on uh, his matches were televised on access tv um mm-hmm. he's been around for a while this is his break into the ufc and i think it's long deserved
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, very entertaining guy but he is a bit of a slow starter. It takes time for him. He's one of those guys that has to get hit before his motor he, really goes into high gear. Right. You know? Right. But when it does, uh, you know, he, he's practically unstoppable. You know. Right. Um, but he and, really did take his time here on this one, and then boom! You know, he. What, but you're
2: absolutely right. When he when he countered with the the right and left hook that ended up mm-hmm. knocking out his opponent, it was when um, uh, Mutanch was flurrying in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He came in off a combo,
2: and it's like a light bulb just said. You know,
1: he landed it, and a couple of ground strikes. I mean, Motanch was out. I think on his way, on his way down to the mat.
2: Yeah, I uh, called it a KO.
1: Yeah, so. Sam. Uh, so did uh, I think so did uh, Mario Yamasaki as well. Mm-hmm. I believe. Um, yeah. If that one I, was that the one with the Rick uh, Rick F- Ric Flair faceplant? No, that was earlier in the match. That's another. What's the one for you guys to go look? Um, Jessica Andrage and Marion Renault, That submission. No, no. Matt Dwyer and William Pentolino. Guys, that's the one on the prelims. Oh, if,
2: yes, yes, yes.
1: Definitely DVR the prelims. If that's, if you can find that on, uh, on Fox Sports One, that's the one with a lot of really great, uh, early finishes, including those two performance bonuses. But, uh, you know, Smiling Sam's knockout was, it mm-hmm. was, was a, largely the same thing. He, Cesar Motanch took a, a bad faceplant and. Uh, it was
2: crazy because Cesar Motanch was looking so good, mm-hmm. and then you have this guy referring to Smiley uh, as Actually, it wasn't
1: a faceplant, but it was kind of timber, is, is my point.
2: Yeah, yeah, he went straight down on his face, so yeah. some may call that a faceplant.
1: Was, was it on his face or was it on his back? I'm trying to remember. Because they clashed. He dropped him with the left and right, so I thought he fell backwards. Did he? I'll tell you for sure that uh, Patolino. He did do the Ric Flair faceplant because I have that in my notes here. That was a scary knockout. Maybe that
2: was the faceplant. Yeah. maybe. maybe am trying to remember if there was
1: two or not. uh, Well,
2: tweet us and let us know.
1: (laughs) Hashtag ABTV. UFC. Yes.
2: (laughs) Oh, that was really cute. I like that.
1: Good save. Thank you for
2: that. Ah, No problem. (laughs) Um, So Cesar Matanj won uh, UFC Brazil. Mm-hmm. So he's a guy with high merits. So I think this was also. I'm not sure what the what the statistics said, but I'm pretty sure he was Smiley Sam was the underdog. Could be, which yeah. is going with my theme that this is the show of the underdogs.
1: Mm-hmm. No, you're not wrong about that by any means. Um, this is something. This is a match that Smiley Sam can definitely hang his hat on. Right. Um, and I hopefully agree. we'll we'll continue to see him rise. You
2: mentioned. Race. I want to go back because we have plenty of time. Um, Marion Renow. it was the yeah. female match, the 135 pound. She mm-hmm. faced uh, Jessica Andrade, yeah. who is ranked number 10 in the bantamweight division. Mm-hmm. Um, Marion Renau was the girl that, uh, she's 37 years old. Mm-hmm. She tried to get on the Ultimate Fighter when mm-hmm. it, it was a uh, Misha Tate and Ronda Rousey season. Right. Uh, Dana White told her, you know, you're great, but you're just too old. Mm-hmm. Okay, no big deal. She goes back, goes in the gym, works her ass off. Mm-hmm. Here she is in the UFC. This is her second UFC match.
1: And she's older. If you think about it. She's
2: older than she was <laughs> when he denied her. She was probably like 35 then. Mm-hmm. Oh, probably like 34. Yeah, 34, 35. Now she's 37. And now she's 2-0 and in the UFC. Mm-hmm. And she's faced some pretty serious girls in the UFC so- thus far. Mm-hmm. Um, so congratulations to her. She won be a brutal triangle in the first round. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect to see a lot out of her. Um, she's one of those fighters that has the grit and the the determination and the kind of mindset, like a Kat Zingano mindset, mm-hmm. I think, that if she works her way up to the top, I would love to see her face Ronda Rousey. But that's a long way away. And we mm-hmm. have a lot of people facing Ronda Rousey before that that could possibly beat her as well.
1: But it was definitely a good performance that Great puts performance. her on the map and, you know, a, a match for her to hang her hat on. Definitely. Um, Andrade, really, it, it struck me watching this match how much Andrage resembles Andr- a young, not Anderson, Vanderlei van Silva.
2: Vanderlei Silva, yeah, you mentioned yeah. that. With
1: this hunched down murderous thing of just bobbing around in constant that fluid scares movement. me when people do that yeah no no no.
2: what scares me is the tight high shoulders mm-hmm. because well first of all because my boxing coach screams at me when i do that so every time i see high <laughs> shoulders that are real stiff i'm like no no bad bad right but um also because anytime i see this i just feel like they're so much easier to knock out because i feel like when your body is this could be complete bullshit so anyone that knows anything about you know science of knockout, this theory may not me. be really good,
1: but listen to us anyway but here. But
2: listen to me anyway. I feel like when your body's stiff like that, yeah, and you get a crack on the chin or you know mm-hmm. somewhere vulnerable, you're so much easier to knock out than sure. when your body's relaxed and fluid because, and moving. Yeah,
1: it, it's it's the uh, it's Bruce Lee's theory to to an extent about flowing like water, of being water. Right, if you're. Stiff, yeah, that yeah. point of impact when it lands Actually, on you. Actually, I
2: know I'm right. I take that back. I know I'm right. <laughs> because, um, because when you get in car accidents, they say that when you get, like, like, for example, uh, T-boned and you don't see the other person coming. Mm-hmm. You usually get less hurt than when, like, you get in an accident that's, like, head-on because head your body okay. tightens. I've heard this. It's Interesting. a theory. I'm going to go with it. Yeah. When your body's tight and stiff and you're scared Absolutely. and your anxiety's yeah. up, you're easier to knock out.
1: But that said, I that's never right? want to face any kind of a punch from a young Vanderlei Silva, which thankfully I won't have yeah, to because is... old now, or a current Jessica Andrade. I agree. I don't want to face that from an old uh, Vanderlei Silva either, for that matter. I'm sure it would be just as bad for me. But uh <laughs> she came out. she was really uh, really laying it on you you look at this girl's right?
2: last fight uh, she fought um Alexis Dufran and beat her badly. Mm-hmm. I mean this just about Jessica um, yeah mm-hmm. referring to Jessica Andraj. she is no joke. This girl mm-hmm. is definitely a heavy contender in the 135 pound division. So mm-hmm. for Mario Renau to come as in long and as she
1: doesn't get tapped out Beat so. <laughs> her like
2: yeah, exactly as long as uh, so Marion Renau to come in and beat her like the way yeah. she did says a lot about Marion Renault.
1: Jessica dropped Renault with a flurry. She followed up really fast with ground and pound and it looked like and, and she mm-hmm. fell into her guard. It looked like the round was going to be uh Andrages. and then uh Renault set up. She worked for a triangle. Uh it slipped at first but then was able to get it on and just one of those scenarios where you get caught and um that's it. You don't expect to get caught, you know. Shades of Fedor Emelianenko mm-hmm. and uh Fabricio Verdum in Strike Force. Very true. Yeah.
2: That's another piece of so, homework, right? Tell them to go look that up. That's
1: right. <laughs> yeah. More more homework for you guys, which all can be done at Fight Pass for the low cost of
2: 9.99. 9.99.
1: Except for this one actually, which can be done on Fox Sports 1 for the low cost of whatever your cable bill is, which Usually is probably is... more
2: than 9.99. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Probably like 99.99.
1: Yeah, and whatever sports tier you're paying for <laughs> as I am. Yeah. So of course, we have to keep Where are we here? Let's talk about this co-main, huh?
2: Co-main event.
1: Michael Johnson.
2: The most stacked division in the UFC. Quite mm-hmm. possibly. The lightweight division. We have Edson Jr. Barbosa versus Michael the Menace Johnson. He has not been menacing us for quite some time now. He has been absent. <laughs> you like that? You like that? You're getting good there. <laughs> I, know, I, thought, I thought so too. Uh, he has been absent for I think two years now. He was supposed to have a fight. Fu- two years already? Nope, I lied. It's like a year and a half. Okay. But wow. Either way. Um, quite a hiatus. Yeah. He had a hiatus. He was supposed to have a fight and then he got arrested for a domestic dispute um oops oops and they had to cancel his fight with joss thompson mm-hmm. and now he's back and he faced number six in the division mm-hmm. edson barboso once mm-hmm. again the underdog of the fight but he yeah. wins via unanimous decision this could also have been the fight of the night you think so yes really yeah you don't
1: no i don't i'm so confused i don't Why? at all because this was the one michael johnson did fantastic no one, uh I, I forgot which uh, which season of tough he was on, but, uh, you know, middle of, mm. the, middle of the series. Wait, let, I to say. can
2: predict why you're not going to say it's fight of the night. Because okay. Jay likes fights of the night that are really close matches mm-hmm. that you almost can't tell who won. Right. Whereas oh, yeah. I would consider this fight of the night because, yes, it was decisive who won, but it mm-hmm. was still a very good performance by both fighters. So we have different definitions okay. of fight of the night.
1: Yeah. Is that fair um, to say? Yeah, that, that is why I, why I wouldn't give it fight of the night, although mm-hmm. Michael Johnson did look fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, came in as, as a wrestler. He's been with, uh, uh, the Black Zillions for, for quite some time. I, I'm not sure exactly where he I was. I think Rashad prior Evans was in his corner. Yeah, Rashad was, was there. Um, you know, but his striking looked fantastic. He's, he was a guy that at one point would rely on his wrestling. Certainly that was his go-to, at least. Um, but, You know, he's come a long way, and I don't mean to say that this is his coming out party with his striking. You know, he's been a guy on the rise for quite a long time. I think flying under the radar a little bit, and I'd attribute that, quite frankly, to lack of pizzazz or it factor, quite frankly. Um, You know, a name like Michael Johnson can get lost in the mix with a lot of other names. Um, Not a guy with a very distinct look. But certainly fantastic matches. I've I've been a fan of watching his matches really since uh whichever season of Tough he was on. Um but here he was in control. And against a guy like Edson Barboza, coming off of a over a year layoff, Mm -hmm. that's a big chunk. That's a big bite to take, you know, your first time back to the table. Yes. And Edson did not have an answer for him at all. Michael kept the pressure on him. Edson, obviously known for his kicks. Um, didn't get off, didn't get those kicks off nearly as much as we he normally didn't. see.
2: I don't know if he just couldn't find his his range with Michael yeah. Johnson. It looked to me a boxer versus a high-level kickboxer, mm-hmm. Taekwondo-style guy, which, of mm-hmm. course, that's what they both are. But it was like, uh, usually Edson Barbosa likes to play the outside, likes to throw a lot of those kicks, and he usually owns the, the cage by doing so. Yeah, I think Michael uh, Michael Johnson was just stepping in a little too much for, for Edson to be able to do so. Right. Yeah. He was really getting inside and boxing so well. Um, Edson Barboza shot hard for a takedown. Mm-hmm. I mean, committed to this takedown and was stopped by Michael Johnson's punches. Yeah. He got down low, threw some beautiful uppercuts and Edson Barboza quickly backed out of that takedown attempt. Yeah. So, I mean, this is a guy who's striking is on point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd be really interested to see how he'd face against, you know, the guys in the top five right now. The rest of the division up there. I think we're
1: going to start to see that. Um, in this post-fight, he talked about Benson Henderson. Yeah. You know, I think that's a really interesting, exciting match. Um, because you've got two decent ground guys that have no fear whatsoever of standing and throwing. Um, I
2: would love to see that fight. Yeah. yeah. Benson Henderson, over over the past... Uh, I could say a couple months because he's fought more than once in the past couple months, but Mm -hmm. in the past year or so has really become one of my favorite fighters to watch. Yeah. Um, You know, I don't know about the whole toothpick thing. I don't really buy into (laughs) all that crap. But him as a fighter, Mm -hmm. the fact that he can go for, you know, five, five minute rounds and be completely, you know, his cardio tank is completely filled. Mm -hmm. He's always entertaining. He never stops moving. And his last fight, you know, moving up a weight class on a couple weeks' notice or sure. whatever it was, and really just looking phenomenal. Mm-hmm. He's become one of my favorite fighters. That's so, that
1: fighting spirit.
2: Oh, God. Yeah. To see him versus Michael Johnson, I think that'd be a really entertaining fight. Exactly.
1: Yeah. Let's but do it. To a casual fan, you're going to say, Oh, Benson Henderson. Yeah. I know that guy. He's got the funny hair. He's and like half toothpick. Korean. Yeah. The toothpick guy. Right. And, you know, and, and hopefully people will remember that he was a UFC champion.
2: Yeah. I would hope so.
1: And then they go, Michael Johnson. And people say, who? Huh? Yeah. What?
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, okay. You know, but then right. the match, I, I think, would deliver. Obviously, you know, hardcore fans are going to be excited right. about that one.
2: It, um, it, it's definitely a match that would deliver. And hopefully, maybe a match like that could give, you know, Michael Johnson a name. Mm-hmm. Maybe he can start call- calling out some of the yeah. you know, top two, top three guys. Yeah, and-
1: guys, you know, you're going to start to hear about Michael Johnson. So as, as much as I'm, I'm sitting here talking about it, it's a kind of generic name like Steve Williams or... John it, Jones! John Jones! <laughs> Well, John John'll <laughs> stick out in a crowd, but uh, you know, or David Byrne or whatever. Um you know, that's uh you're gonna get to know Michael Johnson's name going forward this year. I agree. Yeah.
2: Um so the main event of the evening mm-hmm. Antonio Bigfoot Silva versus Frank Muir. Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: wow. Did mm. we expect
2: I mean, any time you have heavyweights fighting, the fight could be over in two seconds or twenty five minutes. We know that. Mm-hmm. It could either be, you know, a slugfest where you're It'd like be a ooh, bigfoot ooh, mark ooh, hunt, for ooh. that matter, right? Exactly. Yeah. Great example. Um, this one, on the other hand, um, jab then left hook drops bigfoot. Fight was over first round a TKO yeah. uh, for Frank got, Mir.
1: This thing barely got started. It barely got even. started. You know, um, kind of like like smiling Sam. I don't really think that bigfoot threw many, if any. Um, it was a you know. Slow feeling out period. There was like one flurry, not very uh, long. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, boom! You know, mirror. Uh, he feints the jab, follows up with a left hook. It drops Bigfoot. Yeah. Um, follows up with. I, I heard. Let's see, I counted eight eight strikes on the ground, um, and that was. Uh, I, I, I think they were giving the referee, who surprisingly I don't have a note on here. Mm-hmm. Um, I normally do. Um, was giving was giving Bigfoot as much time as possible. To <clears throat> excuse me to uh, to revive, yeah. Uh, are... Leon Roberts earlier in the earlier in the, the night did the same thing with. I'll tell you in a second, it was a, bit, a little bit questionable. Um, the Mike De La torre Tiago Trader match, mm-hmm. um, Trader took quite a few shots, eleven of them on the ground. Wow, and uh, you know he wasn't he wasn't really defending, but he wasn't out, and I think that was kind of the same thing with Bigfoot. You know, mm-hmm. these are veteran guys that can take shots, have taken shots. And um, I, I, I think, I think the referee was, referee was giving the opportunity for Bigfoot to come back and for the fans to get a longer match. Right. I don't know that that was necessarily the right call, um, because again, he he wasn't moving. Um, he was just there, and you know, mm-hmm. he he ate more more punches than he necessarily needed to.
2: Yeah, I mean, we talk about this time and time again. We have. Uh, You know, factors that go into referees and judges' minds sometimes, like Mm -hmm. this is the main event of the evening, these guys are both heavyweights, you know, they've handled some pretty gruesome fights, he can probably go a little longer than, say, Mm -hmm. you know, maybe a debut or whoever they compare it to. Um, So maybe something like that was going through his mind. Either way, they let it go a little long, I agree, but...
1: Uh, frankly I thought that this was uh this was gonna be the result in reverse. I thought that Bigfoot really Yeah, you know, I, I recognize that Bigfoot's um, better days may be behind him, but he's still got those heavy hands. Uh-huh. Um and I thought that he would land one on Frank uh-huh. and, uh, and and be able and stun him enough that he would be able to follow up. Okay. And that didn't happen.
2: It did not happen.
1: It's all right though. God uh, you know God bless Frank for his success. God uh, bless
2: him. Let's talk about some suspensions and crazy yeah. Crazy drama going on. So. So we have, okay, Anderson Silva.
1: I think a lot of people are still trying to digest Anderson Silva testing positive. Uh, he tested positive in a out of fight competition about a month before the event. Maybe even, yeah, roughly three weeks or so. Right. Um, for Dro Alone and, um, and also Andrew, I can't pronounce It's the all name. you. I, yeah. Um, there were, there were two, Two drugs he tested positive for. Um, neither of them were really rehabilitating. They were more like drugs that are used for keeping muscle while cutting weight. Right. Um, and then there was a second uh, out-of-competition test, uh, the fa- uh, passed, excuse me, and then there was the post-fight test, which is done um, to determine if drugs were in your system in the 24 hours or 12 or 24 hours mm-hmm. uh, leading up to the fight. And he did test positive for drostanolone. And two other drugs, which were anti-anxiety medications, if I understand correctly, um,
2: and sleep deprivation. Meds.
1: Yeah, sleep deprivation. Yeah, yeah. Um, and are those illegal? It, they're on WADA's banned substance list. Yeah, World Anti-Doping Association. Um, That's
2: interesting. Yeah, An anti-anxiety med. Well, I guess. You know, everyone has to deal with the nerves of competing and it's cheating by well, giving yourself a little chill pill or-
1: that but also, you know, we can we can discuss and Anderson for his for his uh um in in his defense has claimed innocence uh having not taken any of these drugs he doesn't know how they got in his system and they're still you know this still the story still has yet to be uh played out. Right. And, they um, haven't
2: had their hearing yet.
1: Yeah. He uh he and Nick Diaz and Hector Lombard had uh preliminary or early uh uh hearings with Nevada Athletic Commission mm-hmm. this week. They've gave they gave all those guys temporary suspensions and they'll have disciplinary hearings in uh probably the next time uh NSAC um,
2: April or May. Yeah, April I or May. Ne- ne-
1: next time that they for. that they reconvene, right. uh, We'll see. You know, that'll be the meat and potatoes, guys. I mean, and,
2: okay. So, uh, Diaz obviously failed for marijuana, which right. nobody was surprised about,
1: right? Because um,
2: he failed. I mean, that's a third strike. It is a third strike. Which, I mean.
1: The amount of times that, that he's tested positive, that could be a problem for him. But, UFC but it's marijuana. A,
2: it is marijuana.
1: And the U.S. society in general, whether it is illegal, uh-huh. uh, I, I believe – is it? Yeah, it must be on the WADA um, uh, banned substances list. It's um, society, whether whether right or wrong, society has laxed up on it quite a bit. He does have a uh, – I believe he's got a, a card to legally smoke in California. Right. Right. Um, and it's not to say necessarily that he smoked in Nevada, um, although that may come out in the right. disciplinary hearing. Um, but nobody's surprised by that with Nick anymore.
2: Here's my thing, okay? Mm-hmm. You have John Jones, the the champion, mm-hmm. uh, the lightweight champion, light heavyweight champion of the world, who got mm-hmm. caught for cocaine.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, obviously, there was no harsh punishment. He got, I think, he got some of his fight purse taken away, a little suspension, slap on the wrist, really.
1: I th- Did he get anything taken away? Um, to be honest, I'm not sure that that has fully. I don't think that that's played out yet either. I don't okay. know that, he's, that he. Well, I don't think he's had his disciplinary hearing with the right. athletic commission. I don't and think that's it's where. Yet. Yeah, that story again still has to be written based Here's on. Here's my erums. thing.
2: I just hope for the sake of the UFC and their reputation that they handle everybody's case. Um, how do I fairly? And I mean by this, like okay. Are we going to have guys comparing like, oh, well, you know, Nick Diaz got caught for marijuana and he got suspended for two months. But then mm-hmm. John Jones got caught for cocaine and he doesn't have any suspension. You know what I mean? Like People I,
1: have complained about that and it's apples and it's oranges. Because it's happened. Yeah, well, but, no, but it's, it's apples and the- oranges based on, um, based on a lot of different factors. Right. What, but, is, what is common to them is that these are guys, these are pro athletes that right. are using drugs, which are bad for you. And... Um, And, and, and there's this big question about whether they, I mean, cocaine is not on the, there's a lot of different issues. And I know I'm mixing up my, my words here, but cocaine not being on a world anti-doping association list, banned substances, but yet it is illegal. And you just shouldn't do it. It's kind of bad for you, you know? Yeah. And then marijuana as well. You know, a lot of people will argue it is bad for you. As I've said, the culture and society has started to get used to the idea of marijuana not being as harmful as cocaine. Right. Um, but it is right now an illegal drug, and you can't do it. And you're but not once supposed again, to it's, not
2: on the it's not on the list, right?
1: Well, bar- marijuana is on a banned substances list. Right. That's the I- ironic thing is that marijuana is, and cocaine is not. That's
2: so crazy. Um, yeah. Uh,
1: I I wish I could tell you more about the the background of of Wada and how they come up with their list but I can't speak to that. Um but what I can speak to is that these are street drugs and then you've got guys like Hector Lombard testing positive for actual uh, steroids. Yeah, right? yeah, for for I guess it was steroids. I'm not sure exactly which the what drug it was. But Anderson Silva, who is so beloved by the MMA community and held up to this pedestal as the greatest of all time, the GOAT. You don't want to think that this guy also, is just like the rest of us. Um, does he, you know, we, we want somebody to be the hero that we can point to and say, that's the dude that came and went, and everybody else is aspiring to be as great as him. You right. know, maybe we have, a, in, we'll only know in retrospect, but maybe we had that with George St. Pierre. Maybe we had that right. with Aunt Randy Couture. But, a but, lot of people are saying that with Fedor. Never mind, though, that, you know, he fought most of his career in Japan. Right. Where I mean, they don't test, that's my point.
2: Yeah, of course, he could have been on steroids over there. But my thing is, it's Anderson Silva. Everybody looks up to Anderson Silva. Anderson Silva's everyone's like, I don't know. As
1: well they should. Right. But it brings into question, one popped test will bring into question. His whole legacy. The legacy.
2: Exactly. And, and that it-
1: is something that in time we'll be able to speak to. People will ask those questions. I think Anderson at but some once, point will be willing to, to address those things, and we'll also get a lot of evidence out of the disciplinary hearing. Hopefully, you know, once that,
2: you go to Yahoo Sports homepage and yeah. you see Anderson Silva test positive for steroids, no matter what the outcome, what the result—innocent, guilty, or not—it's yeah. always going to be a tarnish on his legacy. asterisk. It, yeah. it's always going to be there. Yeah, we're always going to remember the time that Anderson Silva got caught for steroids. And I, it, Ronda Rousey even spoke out and said, mm-hmm. I, I don't even think I could – I don't even think I could look at him. If I saw him, I wouldn't know how to look at him. Not because she, you know, disrespects him or anything like that. Just because yeah. she wouldn't know how to handle it.
1: Yeah. But what does Ronda Rousey and what does the rest of the world, anybody besides Anderson Silva Anderson Silva, and maybe right. his closest training partners in his family, what do we really know about the facts of the case and oh, history? Very true. And that's why it's important that we need to hear these things. Now
2: – It's also important like, – do you think that if – okay, down the road, they're obviously looking at creating new testing policies. They're getting a third-party company yeah. involved. Mm-hmm. They're going to make it stricter, going to make it better, whatever. Okay. Out
1: of – the big thing here is out of uh, out of competition testing. Right. The UFC did a um, – excuse me, a, a press conference Wednesday right after the Nevada State Athletic Commission hearings. Hearing, One day right. later, they did it. Excuse me, NSAC uh, did their hearings or their commission meeting on Tuesday, and the UFC did their press conference on Wednesday mm-hmm. and said we're going to be investing more money in out of competition testing, drug testing, right? Third party, uh, th- third party WADA approved testing group. Um, they're going to start. Yeah, they're they're trying to put on harsher penalties, test more often, test more frequently, test mm-hmm. out of competition, which. In competition, guys, it's essentially 12 to 24 hours before the match. Mm -hmm. That's when the state athletic commissions, most state athletic commissions, if they're going to test fighters, that's when they'll test. It's very rare. Uh, I think most commissions do not test out of competition. California is one of them. Mm -hmm. But uh, I I don't actually believe that Nevada is. I need to to double-check my facts. But it's not a common thing. Now with the UFC, with the company that pays these guys to fight – even the uh, – pays them to fight uh, and are applicable to each state's athletic commission, mm-hmm. which which can vary. But the banned substances list does not vary from state to state, I don't believe, at least not in terms of being applicable to fighters. So that banned substances list, fighters are going to have to uh, test for that year-round, randomly. You're going to get caught As a lot more should. often. Yes, exactly. As they should – Cause this but thing. the flip side is, oh, crap. What if Anderson Silva's been doing that the whole time and we lose him? What if the company loses exactly. all these guys but that have made them a lot of money once you and have this huge legacy? No,
2: no, no, no. Once you set the standard, once you start popping right. You know, 30 guys a month because you know, you're know you testing all these people and all these people are popping. Which it could be. They're going to get the memo. They're right. going to stop doing the steroids. Because they can't compete if they, if right. they do. And then they're, oh my god, I'm gonna lose 30% of my fight price. Oh my god, I'm right. gonna be spending for nine months. That's gonna ruin my career. Whatever the case may be. The penalties get bigger. The testing gets, uh, stricter. Yeah. And people stop doing it. And steroids. I completely
1: agree that that's the right thing to do. Right. I love this sport as much as anybody else. And we want it cleaned up. We want it fair. We don't want people going in there with an unfair advantage to another person because mm-hmm. those two guys are punching each other in the head. We're talking about human yes. damage. We're not talking about knocking the the ball farther away so that the opposing team has to chase longer, you know?
2: I would say not the I'm not But trying, go ahead.
1: the the flip side is who are we going to see vanish get popped. Yeah. Oh, and and yeah, vanish. Yeah. I mean, what if hypothetically, what if this happens to Conor McGregor? In April, oh okay? Or May. What happens? We have... Proverbially speaking, financially, shit a hits the fan. We
2: star on the rise lose his rise. I mean, yeah. it would be gone. Because he would get a nine-month suspension, and after the nine months, nobody would remember who Conor McGregor was.
1: I, well, I think people will remember but and, and we're talking we're not talking about nine months no we're they're talking about two to Permian four years
2: spent oh okay so two to my, four okay.
1: which is close to yeah for some not guys that in their they career
2: would forget who he was, but they would already have new rising stars in his place, okay, but go ahead
1: um we have to accept that that new rising star may not exist to the same level of a connor yeah and I'm not I agree. saying it's I'm not saying it's worth it to protect somebody uh. A, a potential star like Connor, and again, right. this is hypothetical. I don't want anybody getting the wrong wrong impression about yeah, we're what we're saying about this your current as an rising example, star. Connor. Yeah, but as as a guy that can be a cash cow for the company, that's a big risk.
2: You're talking so, about. I get what you're saying, but you're mm-hmm. talking about the longevity of the UFC. Yeah, in the long run, mm-hmm. we will come to a better place. Yeah. where there will be athletes not on steroids. So if Dana White really cares about his fighters that much. And they really care about the company as a whole. I think it's the better long term decision.
1: Absolutely. I is. think
2: they're definitely like you said. They're going to face some hardships. They're probably going to get. But listen, you've already popped. You've already popped Anderson Silva. Okay. You've already caught <laughs> you yeah. John Jones on fucking. Co- <laughs> I cannot say it. Bleep, bleep. Well, like, it's cocaine. On cocaine. So, yeah. so, how many? I mean, what that's, other stars can you pop? You got the very, biggest two.
1: That's a very fair point. You know what? Kill your darlings, as they say, and maybe this is the right thing to do. Kill the darlings proverbially. No, and hopefully they test hopefully they test negative, first of all. That's what we want. And I right, that and then it'll look great. You know, yeah, I believe that there's a decent amount of fighters well, okay. that are Listen. in the UFC that are uh, that are negative, that are clean and Maybe those guys just got to learn to be better marketing uh, marketing machines listen, there, you know? you
2: don't think before Dana White does this whole third-party thing, you don't think he's going to knock on Conor McGregor's door, sit him down in front of his family and say, listen, mother effer, if you pop positive when we start this new thing, that's it.
1: I don't know. He's going to do that. Because I don't that. know. I would think he's so. He's going to
2: protect his babies. He's going to tell yeah. Rhonda well, and it's, it's worth it
1: it's worth it to mention that this uh, proposed new party um, new third party and out of competition testing uh, goes into effect in July right so, so this there alone, is some time to this get used to this next step alone
2: even before it goes into effect that the talk of this next step is You know, getting the athletes all around, all the martial artists around that want to be in the UFC, Mm -hmm. it's getting them to put down the steroids right now, I think. They're looking at this and saying, oh, God, I could be the next one. Oh, my God, they're going to do this third-party testing. I'm going to be the first one to – you know. Well, the other question is – All these ifs, ands, or buts.
1: Yeah, this is all good talk. A lot of people are very very much in support of this whole thing. The question is um, – it's talk. How much follow-up do we see? And hopefully we see a lot. You will know – if we see some some big stars get pulled mm-hmm. from from cards, whether they release the results or not, I mean, if you I see was guys get about pulled, yeah, I was if,
2: thinking about that. If, if you see guys keep...
1: get pulled for no no explanation after July, then that really could chances bizarre. yeah, yeah, a telltale. Sign. I was like,
2: would it be fairer if they didn't tell the fans and you know, kind of just kept it under the wrap, so maybe they could save the reputation of some of these fighters?
1: It'll come out. I think even if – yeah, I, I think there could be a precedent set um, mm. where you can viably not release the results. Mm-hmm. But if you pull somebody with no explanation, right. then the writing is kind of on the wall. On the wall, right. And that were – I think it's going to get out regardless. That Those tests are going to get out regardless. It right. might be the right thing, quite frankly, as well as a deterrent for the next generation of fighters to enter the UFC to make that – known. Right. Might be. I, I don't know offhand uh, what would be the right call there. You know, there's a lot of different factors and moving pieces here, but right. this is well, the UFC's attempt to clean up the sport. And, go UFC. You know, I yeah. like
2: this attempt. I like where it's going. I want to know what you guys think though. So tweet us at AfterBuzz UFC uh, or at J10716 <laughs> if you want to talk to Mr. J. B 28 if you want to talk to me. um We'd love to hear your opinions. Also, you guys can comment on our YouTube video. Let us know what you think.